0: Hello, and welcome to this week's episode of That Brooklyn Film Show. In this week's episode, we'll be discussing coming-of-age movies, but coming-of-age movies of a particular kind, which is coming-of-age animation movies, which I feel are a little bit different than coming-of-age live-action movies. To get started, we can go into a quick definition of what a coming-of-age movie is. So, according to liveabout.com Um, the definition of a coming-of-age movie is a film that depicts one or more young protagonists facing a key moment of personal growth from childhood to adulthood. Um, and, uh, the reason I think that the, and you can disagree with me if you disagree, um, the difference between, like, live action and coming-of-age animation, I feel like with coming-of-age animation, it tends to be a little bit younger, so I, I feel like instead of going from, like, childhood to adulthood you're kind of going from like childhood into like teenagehood and then the coming of age live action movies tend to face focus on like teenagehood into like early adulthood or like later teenage years
1: yeah i think i agree with that because when i think about movies like toy story it kind of shows andy going from a child to an adult over the series Mm -hmm. and each movie was kind of a different period in his life that kind of coincided with the audience in a Mm -hmm. way So, yeah, I think that um, when you do animation, because the audience tends to be younger, you tend to be able to, you know, maneuver around more so with a younger demographic and what they go through. But with live action, also because, you know, it's hard working with children actors, you tend to get, I guess, the more teenage to adult coming-of-age stories. And I don't have a preference for either. I think I like them both for different reasons. And as we talk about animated films, I'll touch on what I enjoy about the... um, the coming-of-age stories going from childhood to teenagehood or whatever like that. Because they are different than the adult films that... Well, the live-action films that we watch.
0: Yeah, um, I agree. So just kind of an example that comes top of mind is something like Lady Bird. Where it's like clearly she's at a completely different point in her life. Compared to, say, um, one of the movies we're going to talk about is Spirited Away. Way which Chihiro is at a completely different point. So you have like a 10-year-old versus like a 17, 18-year-old where that's a large span of time. But going from like 10, 11, 12 to like 13 yeah. is a very big change for a person as well as going from like, you know, 17 to like 18, 19, 20. Mm-hmm. So those are like all pivotal years in different ways. But I think it is kind of coming of age in two different ways styles yeah and i definitely agree like the audience obviously tends to skew younger for animation so it makes sense that when you're 10 you want to see something about a teenager or early teenagers kind of like when you would watch old disney movies mm-hmm. and they would be like mom i'm 13 you're like yes you are you are so grown at 13 but obviously when you grow up you're like that's still very yeah, you young think so yeah, yeah um but when your audience is very young then that's what an adult or not an adult but you know like grown-up seems like to them
1: yeah because when you're like nine to eight years old 13 seems super old yeah like, so by the time you get to 13 you're like the world is my oyster i could do whatever i want mm-hmm. <laughs> but then watching it from an adult's perspective you're like 13 is still like ridiculously young it's for you to be child. trying to do all yeah. this stuff yeah you know?
0: <laughs> like you're a baby i was like watching um <clears throat> we can get into the movies in a second but watching euphoria and someone pointed out that um The actor who plays Ashtray is pretty much like now after the whole pandemic and everything around the same age that the characters on the show are supposed to be.
1: Oh, yeah. And it's kind
0: of like seeing an actual teenager versus like these adults who are playing teenagers teenagers It's such a stark difference because I feel like that's another thing with like coming of age live action movie. It tends to be adults playing teenagers Yeah, where you kind of excuse your perception of what what an actual teenager is because they're so young, like their kids you know yeah.
1: yeah and you could definitely tell the difference from someone who's actually a kid because be like, you look way too young for this role it's like yeah that's the age you're actually supposed to be yeah versus an adult playing a teenager or whatever that looks older mm-hmm. uh what's the first movie we were touching on
0: uh inside out okay yeah so i guess we can get into that now so so let's get into our first movie which is inside out which came out in 2015 And the description is Riley Diaz is a happy, hockey-loving, 11-year-old Midwestern girl. But her world turns upside down when she and her parents move to San Francisco. Riley's emotions, led by Joy, played by Amy Poehler, try to guide her through this difficult, life-changing event. However, the stress of the move brings sadness, played by Phyllis Smith, to the forefront. When Joy and sadness are inadvertently swept into the far reaches of Riley's mind, the only emotions left in the headquarters are anger, fear, and disgust. Um, this movie was, I think, like very well-received. I feel like it was kind of a renaissance for Disney movies that kind Zeitgeist. of dealt with like deep emotions as yeah. opposed to kind of, I don't know, what you kind of thought of before with Disney movies. Yeah. Um, it also, like many other Disney movies, won Best Animated Feature Film at the Academy Awards. Um what do you think of this movie? I know you've seen it before, and we've rewatched it for this podcast. Yeah, I had
1: to rewatch it for this because um I can never finish it because I found Bing Bong so annoying that it made me hard what? to watch. Yeah.
0: Oh my god! When I tell you, when he does little Bing Bong Bing Bong, I was like yeah. almost in tears when he was watching this disappear, and I knew it was coming <laughs> this time again. And for a second time, I was almost in oh, tears he was, watching you know, it. Cry watching I was on the cry watch. Yeah.
1: I didn't like Bing Bong. I mean, I liked them the second time I watched it because after I realized that um. You know, the whole arc he has where he um, embraces sadness because he needed to move on himself. I was like, okay, I understand what they were going for. But when I first watched it, I just was like, oh, this annoying imaginary friend is irking minds. See, but that's
0: how I felt about Joy.
1: Joy was annoying too. Yeah, I didn't like Joy. She was too, um, there's this um, Reddit called thanks I'm cured. Mm-hmm. And she kind of, it's like basically like when someone's like going through it and someone like, oh, have you tried um, meditating or have you tried going in the sun? And it's like, oh, why didn't I think of that? It's, That's kind of how Joy was to me. Where yeah. like, she would give you the most obvious answers, but it's like, you obviously... Well, she didn't know because she's literally Joy. But it was like, no one needs this right now. And you're just being annoying and very in everyone's face.
0: It's almost like the concept of toxic positivity. Yeah. Where it's kind of like, you have to be happy at all times. And if you're not happy at all times, then you're feeling the wrong emotions. But... that's like honestly just the point of the movie so obviously joy is meant to be a little bit annoying because she's learning as well that sadness isn't this
1: thing to avoid thing
0: to avoid like sometimes you'll be sad sometimes things will be happy and sad at the same exact time sometimes things will be you know scary and disgusting it's like the emotions are so complicated i mean even just like the Having only five emotions to, uh, you know, represent every emotion is probably yeah. not even enough. But I think the way they went about it was so interesting. And just, like, the overall lesson of, yeah, you're avoiding sadness. Like, no, she's not going to wake up from a happy dream. She needs to be scared. Like, people are gonna, like, yeah. oh, this is such a good dream. Let me wake up so I could like, remember. You're like, no, let me sleep so I can yeah. stay in this, you know, positive place. And that was kind of, like, Joy's lesson throughout the movie. But... The way she treated sadness to me was very frustrating because I'm like,
1: oh, she treated her like crap.
0: She treated her so badly, like she exists because she serves a purpose, you know. Yeah. And Joy acted like she was the own, like she was the one in charge. Yeah, which... but I
1: think that it was part of the reason why they had to make Joy kind of blatant in your face was to show you that, like you said, toxic positive, t- toxic positivity can be toxic, mm-hmm. and she, her purpose is kind of to like push the viewer way to be like okay we get what you're trying to do but right now you're not needed and that made you kind of appreciate sadness who was kind of you know it was her turn to kind of help Riley through her journey but Joy kept trying to get in the way
0: yeah you know another thing that kind of stood out to me is I don't know if you noticed that all the characters like all the emotions their hair was the same color as their body so it was like disgust was green and green um, fear was purple and purple, I think. Yeah. He might have had a different color hair. But I'm pretty sure he was purple and purple. Anger was red and I think red. Yeah. But Joy, she was yellow and blue. Yeah, yeah. But she was like the only one who was two different slightly things. Different, so yeah. slightly like I think Joy could again encompass sadness as well. Yeah. Which I that's the visual representation I got because all the others were so you monotone. know. Monotone. Well, monochromatic. Yeah. yeah. Another thing I noticed was um and again, this kind of stood out to me, and maybe it wasn't like that big of a deal, but if you when they went into the parents' minds, the parents' like control panel had a different yeah. leader, so like the mom's main controller was sadness, yeah, the dad's main controller, I believe was like anger, yeah, so I think that's interesting, like for Riley, her main controller is joy, like yeah, they're all work, work together, but like yeah. the one in the main seat, but they were is also joy. at
1: different points in life, so it might be. At a certain point, <clears throat> you might have a different controller. Yeah. <clears throat> because after um, Joy realized she messed up by not allowing Sadness to do her job, she let Sadness kind of take more reins of what she needed to do. Because remember, mm-hmm. there was that point she's like, oh, Sadness, it's your turn to pilot. So it's like when you're a kid, you know, things are a little bit easier because they're just, amb- amb- what is the word, ambivalent to some of the problems that people have to go through and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. But as you get older, I guess you just become more aware of your surroundings and you know, the difficulties of life. And I think that's part of the reason why at a certain point, sadness had to take over because you can't just, you know, happy your way through everything. Sometimes you just have to um, embrace, you know, the, the negative feel. You can't even say negative feelings because it doesn't have to be negative. But, you know, feeling down, it's okay to feel down sometimes.
0: Yeah, as long as you don't stay there. But yeah, it's like another, there was like a study or something talking about like emotions or like perceived happiness through life. And, like, the older you get, the less happy you mm-hmm. feel, essentially. And I kind of think, again, that's interesting. It was, um, um...
1: Speaking of that, I know it's kind of like a, um... What do you call it? A par- par- parabolic... A it, curve? It, yeah, it's like a curve. They say, like, as you get older, you might get less happy. But then once you start getting older older, you, you get, get happy, happy again. again. Yeah. It's like when you're, like, I guess in your formative years, life tends to be a little bit rougher. But then when you start turning, like... 70 or let me say 60 70 80 yeah people then (laughs) tend to be happier because I guess you could look back on life as like a series of journeys and positivity versus when you're experiencing it you know you might just be only looking forward to the future or you might only be looking back on the past about things that you missed as opposed to just appreciating it so yeah it's interesting to see that like
0: it's kind of like I think again it might be the office or parks and recreation is one of the two yeah but there was like one of the quotes and then I, one of the characters was kind of like you don't know or sometimes i wish i knew i was in the good times mm-hmm. while i was living in it as opposed to having to
1: remember back remember
0: on back on it and i think that's kind of how people could start to look at life it's kind mm-hmm. of like these are the good times these are the times that i'm gonna want to remember instead of being like what's the next thing you know i mean yeah you need to look at for the next thing as well but mm-hmm. It's, it shouldn't always kind of just be like You wanna appreciate what you, you have wanna appreciate what you have in the moment as opposed to always yeah. kind of be working towards the next goal and not being happy with where you're at and again, but sometimes there are moments where you're just not and that's just yeah. not gonna happen. But if you can try and to and okay times, too. yeah, to appreciate it. And I feel like that's what this movie was where Riley was like, Okay or right with joy in her mind, they're like, Okay, these memories are the good times. That's why they're mm-hmm. bittersweet, because I'm away from it. But they're still cherished memories, so they have, like, a touch of sadness to them as opposed yeah. to it being perfect. Or one of her happiest memories was also one of her saddest memories, but it became a happy memory. Yeah. Because it's she was about the scene where she was sitting
1: with her parents crying she was her... over, like, not making a team or something. I feel yeah. it was. Or losing a game, but then it became a happy moment.
0: Because her parents, like, rallied yeah. and her friends rallied around her because she was feeling sad. So it's kind of like you can uh, feel all of these things... All at once. And I really, obviously that was like the message of the movie. And I feel like they did it so well by having it be like these little avatars of emotion. Yeah. You know? I agree with that. Um, any final thoughts on this movie before we move on to the next one?
1: Um, I thought it did a good job at, at showing its primary goal. Which was about, you know, different emotions play a different role at different points in your life. Um, like I said, I, did, I didn't love this movie like everyone else did. I know it was kind of like he said, it was a a start of like Disney be taking more and more serious roles, kind of the mental health era of film where a lot of films just revolve around mental health, which is a, an era that I like. And, um, yeah, I think it, it did a good job doing that. And while it wasn't my favorite, I think, um, some of the other movies we'll talk about, I did enjoy more. I still did really, you know, appreciate what the film was trying to do.
0: Um... I don't. Know. I. I mean, I really like this movie. I feel like even at my age, I can appreciate like what the message was and what the message is. Um, <laughs> I do wonder if like little kids would have grasped it. Yeah. Sometimes I were, I wonder. Even like with something like Soul, which recently came out, I sometimes wonder who the audience.
1: I think kids are really
0: is. You know.
1: I, th- I think kids tend when we talk about um oh not the next movie, but we're gonna talk about a movie where there's been kind of a little outrage based on how much they think kids could take
0: i yeah, I have so many thoughts on that one when we get there,
1: so I think that people tend to underestimate how much kids That's know true. or pick up on, and I do think that they'll they'll get the message of the movie when they watch it at least it's gonna sit in their memory bank like I think it's better to show them like, hey, this yeah. is okay to feel this way than to just. Like, oh, I don't think you would get this, so let's just make it for the adults. It's like, I think kids are more aware than people tend to give them credit for, so.
0: You're right, because I think that's around, I mean, I'm assuming, like, the age group is probably, you know, uh, like, what, 8 through 13, 14 for the intended group. Um, And... I feel like that's around the age where you're in school and everything and you start to have kids who are a little bit mean. I mean, I think you have that even younger, but uh-huh. you start to really focus on those things a lot. You just
1: start running into bullies and stuff yeah, like that. Yeah, so
0: I feel like you definitely know the negative emotions and this probably can help you kind of grapple yeah, with that. I agree with that. Um, Yeah, but with that, let's get into our next movie, which is... Spirited Away, which came out in 2002. Um, and the description is, In this animated feature by noted Japanese director Hayao Miyazaki, 10-year-old Chihiro and her parents stumble upon a seemingly abandoned amusement park. After her mother and father are turned into giant pigs, Chihiro meets the mysterious Haku, who explains that the park is a resort for supernatural beings who need a break from their time spent in the earthly realm, and that she must work there to free herself and her parents. And this also won best feature animated feature film. And I believe it's one of a few that is not a Disney film to yeah. win that award. Um Yeah, this movie is I mean
1: it's an iconic film.
0: It's like yeah, it's an iconic film. Like if you ask someone their favorite studio Ghibli movie, there's a high chance it's yeah, this one. I would say, spiritual. I would say and, it's,
1: unless someone like I think um it's probably the most popular Ghibli film. Mm-hmm. Unless maybe I'm bugging. I think it's the most popular one. I think so. So I would say that um, it's probably the favorite of people who probably haven't seen all of the films, mm-hmm. but it's still one of the best ones, even if you did see all of
0: them. I was like, even if you've seen all of them, I wouldn't begrudge anyone who said that this is their favorite. This is up yeah. there for me. I like this one. I love Howl's movie cast. So there are a few more as well, but those are definitely like up there in ones. my top yeah. ones. Yeah. No, um,
1: yeah. I agree with that. Um, I think *Spiritual Way* definitely has a special place amongst the um before this turns into just a spirited way praising podcast (laughs) i think it does play a really good role at what it does as far as um having a like all right when i guess i never really thought about it as a coming of age story Mm -hmm. because of all the times i've seen it i kind of just watched it as do like an enjoyable movie lens but then trying to watch it through a coming of age story i think i kind of had to adjust how i was like receiving the messages and stuff like that and i still appreciated the movie um I think that it's not as in your face coming of age as the other two movies we saw. In the sense that their messages are very clear into what they were trying to say. Like, one's about sadness, one's about growing up in puberty and all this other stuff. I think this one was a little bit more subtle, which Miyazaki tends to be. He tends to be very story focused Mm -hmm. and you have to kind of find the messages in it. But I think that's what makes this movie so appealing to a wide audience. Is that it's kind of demographically open to everybody.
0: Yeah, I agree. I guess, yeah, I wouldn't say this is a, a straightforward coming of age movie either but when you start to or i would initially say like oh yeah coming of age when watching this
1: mm-hmm. but
0: when you think about what your hero is going through and all that she has to grapple with you're like yeah this is kind of formative yeah for a young person like you're trapped in a world alone and
1: yeah that's what it's I'm your
0: it. job to kind of not only free your parents but protect yourself while trying to navigate through, like, a new realm. And again, she also had a big move. They were moving from her her childhood friends to a new place, and they made a pit stop along the way, and I feel like that's kind of the pit stop into, you know, yeah. a new phase of life, which I kind of think of coming of age as.
1: Yeah. I would say that, yeah, this is definitely, I would say, a formative years movie more than a coming of age movie because, I mean, would you say she grew, like, immaturity-wise as the movie went on? I think so. Like, I think she came in pretty mature as a... Like, she made pretty wise decisions for her age. Like, I would have been clowning around at that age if I was in that area. But I, I think, mean,
0: I think she became... Because if you think about, like, at the beginning of the movie, she didn't want to go in there because she was scared. And yeah, throughout the movie, she was still scared. But she became yeah kind of more confident in who she was. She became more stable yeah in who she was, even as she, like, forgot her name. Um, even... All of those things, she still kind of became kind of like a better version of herself, which Mm -hmm. would make which makes me think of coming of age. Maybe yeah, maybe like coming of age slash formative. I think maybe formative would be better. Um, in this case, but you want to get into some of the details of the movie and like some of the decisions that she made. I guess some some of the overarching
1: themes. I would say that um. One of her best traits is that she was kind of a kind person mm-hmm. and that in other areas where people might judge, she kind of took more of a, not a backseat, but more so a, a passive approach to dealing with people.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And like, you know, if she either the monster or if she sort of witch, she wasn't like, ah, monster witch. She was more so like, I would say kind of understanding to the point where the people, it seems like everyone at the end, like, like, what's her name? Echido? Chiro, Chihiro? Chihiro. Chihiro. It seemed like everyone kind of liked her in the end. And, yeah, like, it's, it's, I'm trying to find ways to talk about it from a coming-of-age perspective. Mm-hmm. But I kind of just, like, automatically gear towards it just being a good movie. Yeah. Like, I'm kind of like, okay. Um, the scenes with, like, all right, did you... Were this, was there something, like, they're trying to develop, like, some kind of romantic issues between her and Haku? Because um. that's one thing I never got in the movie. Like, I didn't know they were just friends or they were trying to, like... Well,
0: seeing how she's ten, I guess you have little kitty crushes though when you're that age. But I don't know if it was more of a romance or a friendship um, between them. But remember, you find out that he's kind of known of her for a long time because he's been like a spirit,
1: yeah, for a while. For a
0: while. Um, So yeah, I feel like probably less of a romance. um, But one thing. I do, yeah, I agree with you on was the kindness that she showed and how that was kind of counteracted by literally everyone else's greed, including her own parents. Yeah. Um,
1: literally greed.
0: Literally greed, and that's why they were turning into pigs, because they were like, oh, this food here is for us. I think mm-hmm. if I went to a sketchy place and I saw yeah, food, I would be like, I'm, either I'm either good, like, what? Just
1: McDonald's up the road.
0: right? Um, or, when, like, the stink spirit came, Yeah. and the way everyone else was like, "Give it to your hero, stick it on your hero," mm-hmm. um, and she was like, "I, I mean, I don't really want to do this, but I will." And then it ended up really helping him out because he was yeah. polluted by other humans. Um, that's kind of, and then the only reason that everyone else ended up finding worth in him is because he had. Some gold. gold. Yeah. So it's kind of like what is everyone else motivated by? Is it money? Is it greed? Is it like what is it yeah. their motivations compared to hers? And how was she able to kind of stick to again well who she was, was, was? He was a
1: he was a river spirit in he the right? He man, was a right? river spirit, yeah. yeah. But
0: they mistaken for a stake spirit or
1: See that's another thing is like they have the environmental messages which I could find easily. Yeah, like they had the river spirit that was polluted. I guess
0: had no face. Yeah, um, had no
1: face. Had to be yeah. But
0: he was he was like literally the embodiment of kind of well he kind of greed but kind of just like I like he was trying to impress her but I didn't understand why yeah so much. But you saw that he became corrupted very easily once he got like all the food and all of the things that he wanted. And she was kind of like, sir, I don't really want to deal with this right now. Um, I'm trying to get my parents
1: to go back to the human world. Yeah, they really hired her day one and she was working. Was she like, she uh, was working, working. Yeah. Um, no questions asked.
0: But yeah, I mean, I, again, I think the coming of age, it's just kind of the fact that she went in there like a little bit less self-assured and then yeah. left more self-assured yeah. Then she went in. She was like, these are my parents. I remember them. Mm-hmm. Give them back to me. you know.
1: I think that um maybe that's another reason why is that, you know, in a movie like Inside Out or Turning Red, they kind of established a relationship with the, par- the parents prior to. Mm-hmm. So you kind of got that conflict as like, oh, I, I need to grow up and do my own thing. We really don't get much of her outside of the Spirit of the Way world. That's true. So it's tough to really know exactly where she needs to grow. Mm-hmm. If she was like in the car, oh, mom and dad, y'all so annoying. And then by the end, she was like, oh, mom and dad, I love you. We could easily point to it, but since there was really no pre up to how she was prior to as a character, mm-hmm. it's really hard, I think, to um, establish that coming-of-age aspect that some of the other movies easily do. But then again, Disney's been doing it for so long that they have a formula down.
0: Yeah, well, I mean, and again, with Miyazaki, it's just, his approach is just a little bit more subtle. It's not going to be, you know, Mom and Dad, I hate you. Or Mom and Dad, I love you, but I don't want to disappoint you, so I'm going to not be who myself and all of that is kind of like a more subtle approach with other messages yeah. mixed in there as well. Um any final thoughts on Spirited Away before we move on to the next movie?
1: Um no, nah, it's still a iconic classic movie that I love. Um you know, it's one of those it's one of those easy movies like if someone doesn't watch anime and I'm like, what's an anime movie/TV slash show you could watch? I always go to Spirited Away cuz it's just like the quintessential anime film, I would say.
0: Yeah. I'm Again, if I was to put on a Ghibli movie just because I want to watch one, there's, like, uh, probably, now that I've seen Ponyo, there's, like, a, uh, you know, third, one third chance that it'll be this, Howl's Moving Castle, yeah. or Ponyo, um, and just because they're so easy to watch, and they're just really well made, and they're really good. The um, One other thing I want to point out is, speaking of emotions, is just kind of, like, I think we've spoken of this before, the way he shows emotions in his movies. Mm -hmm. And how, like, the tears are so big and you just kind of see it, like, all on their face. That's, like, another factor that I think he does really well, which kind of helps show her growth through the movie really well. It's because you feel her emotion so much in the beginning and you kind of see how, even throughout the movie, when she gets sad, she kind of stays steady until um, the end when she gets her parents back and gets back to the human realm. Yeah. Um, Okay. So...
1: Last but not least.
0: Last but not least is Turning Red, which came out this year. Um, and the description is... And this year is 2022. In um, the description is, Maylee is a 13-year-old girl who is torn between her mother's... Being her mother's obedient daughter and the chaos of her youth. As if that were not enough, when she gets too excited, she turns into a big red panda. Um, so... What were your thoughts on this film, Jabari?
1: Um, I thought it was a good movie. I think I fell into the overhype a little bit of people kept telling me, oh my God, this is one of the best films I've seen in a while. This is better than Encanto and stuff like that. So when I was watching it, I went in with those expectations and it came up a little bit short based on those expectations, but I still think the message was overall good. Um, I think the message is very on the nose, which is not a problem. Like When it's speaking to a certain audience, you kind of have to be a little bit more on the nose and... If you're speaking to, I guess, audience my age, where mm-hmm. you could be more like, "Oh, this um, moonlight represents growth, while the sunlight represents whatever." With a younger audience, you got to be pretty in your face about it because you know you can't be as symbolic. But that being said, um, I think I enjoyed the movie well enough. Um, I think that it wasn't exactly talking to my demographic, but. I think it was effective in trying to talk to the people that it was trying to talk to.
0: Um I guess I I didn't go into it with a lot of hype. Yeah. I liked it a lot, I didn't love it, but I do think that the message was very strong and I think that I don't know, movies about like mother daughter relationships I really gravitate towards. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe because I'm a daughter, you know, you're a son, so maybe like father-son movies get you. I don't know. Um. Also, I was
1: never a teenage girl, so that might be a and, reason to.
0: Yeah. And kind of just like the idea of wanting to, like, not disappoint anyone, mm-hmm. but also kind of try and find ways to be yourself. I feel like that's like a message throughout this movie, and I feel like that really worked for me, especially because she was kind of like... I, You know, these are things she probably did enjoy doing once upon a time. She probably did enjoy. And she probably still does. But it's kind of like you have to find a balance between... Yeah. Enjoying things like with your family and then wanting to go out with your friends and wanting to do all these other things. And I feel like because her mom also had a complicated relationship with her mom, her so Maya's grandmother, Mm -hmm. um, she is trying the best she can, but also... She's like holding on too tight. You know, yeah. so it's kind of like you can see it being older from both of their perspectives where it's like the mom wants to protect her child. Oh, she went a little far with like going to her school and like oh, yeah, wearing she was the issues. You know, yeah. Uh, I was like, it's a little stalkerish mom. Um be
1: sitting in a soccer school taking pictures and stuff like that. I was yeah. like, what?
0: excuse me. <laughs> but you can understand her wanting to protect her daughter at the leaving. same time as the daughter being like, This this is too much protection. Yeah. You're suffocating me at this point and I want to be you know, you're a little May May, but I also want to be her own person. My own person. I want to go to this little corny boy band concert and I want to have fun with my friends and I want to yeah, do all um, these things without like
1: her mother's like sitting there, oh, who enjoys this kind of music? And she's like, me, me, yeah. Like, I just want to be a teenage girl and have a crush on boys. And when she's sitting there drawing, drawing the pictures of the boy in the store and stuff like that, and, and her she's going to the store blaming yeah. him, like what are you doing to my daughter? It's like, I didn't do mm-hmm. anything to your daughter. Your daughter just has a crush on me. Yeah. But because she had these expectations of her daughter to be exactly how she, she wanted her to be, mm-hmm. it kind of created a situation where, okay, now that she does anything except that, now that when she does anything she doesn't approve of, she automatically be, oh, this can't be my daughter. This can't be who I raise and stuff like that. So,
0: Yeah, I, and that's like suffocating, yeah. you know? So it's kind of like, not only do you put all these expectations upon me, but then you can't even, she may, like may can't even voice yeah anything else because then it's kind of like, well, then who who did I raise? It's like, dang, so if I'm not exactly who you want me to be, then I'm not who you raise. So exactly. it's kind of like.
1: It's like a lose-lose situation. almost Because yeah. it's like, I can't be my own person. But at the same time, if I'm trying to impress you, I'm suffocating myself. Yeah. And then you can tell the mother had that similar si- relationship with her mother. And then um, watching a movie, like, what do you call it? Like you said, it kind of reminded you of um, uh,
0: everything, everywhere, all, all at once, which yeah. I don't want to get too into because we're going to talk about it in a future yeah, episode. But, but
1: you know how she had that um, expectations from her father, which could be a cultural thing, in the sense that you don't want to disappoint people. Like they were trying to get, they, they showed a little bit of like um, the Asian American culture, where I guess she felt like she was being overworked because her parents were from a different generation and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And that's also like um, you know you have you have generational curses that are you know somewhat cultural based but then it's kind of universal because almost everyone goes to it, but just in different ways. Yeah. I think it's, it's kind of like that.
0: It's like, I don't, I don't, um, I don't like lumping. Like I know people of color is a thing, but yeah. I feel like we are very different, but I feel like one way that a lot of people of color are very similar is in like generational trauma in yeah. generational expectations, kind of no matter where you're from, especially if you have like either an immigrant story or and if, even not an immigrant story, but like, a background where you're either first generation or you come from like an oppressed people, yeah. Then a lot of that gets put on your shoulders, and then you're like made to ho- hold that. And I feel like you feel that in this story, and as well as everything, everywhere all at once. Um, and you can see that in a lot of movies about a lot of people of like color, color. yeah. Um, and I definitely agree. That's why I kind of like the fact that they added the grandmother as well. And you can... When you went into... um, Spoiler alert. Just if you haven't seen it yet. But when... At the end when they go into the panda realm. And she sees her mom as a child. Mm -hmm. And it's kind of like... I don't know if you... In therapy. When they talk about like... uh, You know. Talking to your inner child. Or Mm -hmm. doing inner child work. That's literally like what her mom needed to do. Because her mom literally was in that space. As the child who felt... Like, she was just appointing her mom, so she never really grew from that. So then, therefore, she was putting those expectations upon May, May. Yeah. to do the same exact thing, which then, if May internalized it, that probably would have went down to May's daughter if May had a daughter. So it's yeah. kind of like you just perpetuate this constant this trauma. trauma, and that becomes toxic, but you don't necessarily realize it because you think you're just doing the best you can. Mm-hmm. Which is why I think as you get older, you realize that like, parents are just people who are trying you know they're yeah, not they're trying like, their best yeah um but, but
1: yeah. yeah no yeah I definitely think that is um this movie did a good job talking to its audience I do want to see what other films are there any other big Disney films coming out this year Yeah am And yeah, that's gonna be um it'll probably be good though like I trust in um Disney movies for the most part
0: yeah, very probably. It probably right. Um I know that another thing uh, I went, I didn't want to get into some of the controversy mm-hmm. around this movie because I felt like it was very dumb. Um, so one of the things that was controversial was them showing like pads in the movie yeah. cuz like they thought instead of her turning into like a big red banner that she got her period. Mm-hmm. And some people were like what if my 7-year-old son watches this movie or something like that. And I'm like, well, then just tell him what's going on. Yeah. I'm like, this is realistic if you're making a movie for teenage girls, and teenage boys, and teenage boys. But like for, for about puberty, you know, like that's what happens at puberty, and why is it like that? It has to be
1: a taboo subject. A
0: taboo subject. Yeah. So I think that I thought that was really dumb in terms of like. That's because the you have the, group of the of people
1: where it's like. Even if something doesn't have to do with, like, sex per se, but it's still, like, a, based on a process that's related to it, they're going to have a problem with it. Yeah. And they feel like they got to keep it a secret from their kids, where it's like, oh, this shouldn't be talked about at all. Yeah. And little girls should have to deal with this in secret and be ashamed of it. But as long as my young kids don't ever know about it, it's like, that's not I'd... realistic. Mm-hmm. But because they're so, um, you know, I guess you, you get kind of used to being in the era where it's like, topics that are pretty basic and universal are considered, are considered taboo. taboo that when it starts to become I guess okay to talk about it in a less shameful way you're starting to think like oh my god what is the world coming to this used to be taboo when I was I was, I was a kid mm-hmm. and it's like okay show so a, show in a your ankles like the world's changed <laughs> and things change with it and that's okay yeah. but like I said I, I to some extent I understand like when people go through these changes like mass changes in their life why it's overwhelming Mm -hmm. but at the same time people like in order to be mad at them showing pads in a movie you have to be pretty uptight so you need to look in the mirror and be like okay what's going on with me that this is becoming a problem
0: yeah it's not like they were like showing how to put it it was literally just like a box of them Yeah, like it wasn't anything more than that and it's like you don't think you know teenage boys recognize when girls are like Hey, excuse me. Can I go to the bathroom? And like, yeah. they bring their bag with them. In no other time of the month do they bring their bag with them. Like that's why, because it's so like hidden. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think it was just kind of a dumb backlash to have in the movie. Again, it's particularly when it's focusing on like the whole turning red thing is just like a symbolism for puberty. You know, yeah, a symbolism for all of that. So the fact that she's clearly like 13 years old and that's like around the age girls get period and stuff. I don't understand why, especially when she was like, oh, she's going through a big change. Like, that's obviously what her mom would yeah, think. Yeah, they so, know what they're
1: talking about. I don't. And then all the other women turned into red pandas. Like, yeah. It was obvious. Yeah. But like I said, I think the reason people have a problem with it is because certain topics. And the reason why a movie like that is important is because certain topics are, are, are forced to be seen as taboo or shameful when it's not. Mm-hmm. And I guess that when you grew up in an era where that wasn't okay to talk about and now it is. You might feel a slight way. Maybe it's mm-hmm. like a jealousy that oh, when I was a kid, this topic was something that we had to be ashamed of, and now it's less so that. But I think that's a good thing. Like I think that as people come around to what is okay, like as naturally body functions and stuff like that. Like even her doing like the fan art of that boy. It's like yeah, that
0: wouldn't have happened like 20 yeah. years ago in a Disney movie. Like she's a 13 year old. Was she 13? 13, I think around that age. Yeah. yeah, she
1: was 13-ish, like, you know, that that time of her life. Like, of course, she was going through different feelings. But yeah, those are things crushes. that people... Like, there's a whole... I don't know if you know the whole controversy going on with Disney right now. But it's like, a whole thing going on with them. Oh, they the don't say gay? Yeah, that stuff. And then they try to use this movie as an example to say that they're um, trying to force topics on kids and stuff. So, that's uh, the side that believes that stuff are already kind of loony. So, yeah. I don't really take a lot of what they say seriously because they're just... Trying to make sure everything stays the same as it was when they were younger.
0: I mean, honestly, I think they wanted to be even more more conservative yeah. than when they were younger. Like, if they could bring us back, they're the people who were like, "I remember when it was the nineteen sixties. Now I want to be back in the nineteen sixties, and I just want some racism and milkshakes and yeah, you know, puritanism." It's like y'all just it's it's a lot, and it's just kind of like you know. And I also feel like it's just they they don't want to. Parent too much, yeah. So it's kind of like, okay, if they see if before I could put this on with no questions, mm-hmm. so now if I put this on, my kid might have a question. I don't want them asking questions because what no, they can only hear what I'm telling them, yeah. Basically, it's so, like only
1: I can parent my kids, but That's, it's
0: not even like they, it's not even like only I can parent my kids, it's kind of like I barely want to parent my kids, <laughs> so if they have anything slightly controversial, then I have to do a little bit more parenting than I was intending, yeah. I wasn't planning on ever telling my sons about periods or i wasn't planning on ever telling my sons about or my daughters about this and it's kind of like now you actually have to have a conversation and they're just kind of mad that I even opened the door for a conversation which is frustrating but i I think that's
1: part of the generational thing it's like our generation is becoming more so about like have that conversation early Mm -hmm. versus in the past it might have been like a little bit more um like you said taboo to talk about certain things so i think it's a good thing that that topics like this are becoming more... Like, the fact that it's even a topic that has to become... A thing. A thing shows how far behind we are, but yeah. it's good that it is. It's still better it is that, than that it isn't.
0: Yeah. Um. But, yeah, we can get into the final thoughts on the movie now. I feel like we kind of went through a lot of it.
1: Yeah. Uh, I thought it was a good movie. Like I said, I really enjoyed the film. Um. I didn't love it like some of the other people did, but I appreciate what it was trying to say. And... You know, it's one of those movies where yeah, if I ever had a kid, I'd be like, Oh yeah, watch this movie. This is a good movie to kinda of see and understand what is going on. So I think that it does a good job in what it's trying to do and I appreciate it for that.
0: Yeah, I agree. I think that um again, I love liked the mother daughter relationship aspect playing like a huge role of it. Um, I feel like you get I think you get a few of those, but I like the fact that you have one. I like the fact that it was from the perspective of, like, an Asian-Canadian family, and it c- clearly took that into account with, like, a lot of the cultural aspects mm-hmm. of it. It wasn't just, like, here's an Asian-Canadian family, and there's nothing from, um, yeah. from their culture as a part of the story. So I like that aspect as well. I think it was a, a pretty good movie. Like, it wasn't my favorite. Um, I did, like, not to compare, but I did, like, Encanto better. Mm-hmm. Um, but I also th- still thought like the overarching message was better and i thought again even for like we're gonna get into this again in a couple weeks but like the mother-daughter story aspect or like the overarching family aspect i did like Mm -hmm. everything everywhere all at once i
1: thought that did like that was one of the best mother-daughter yeah that one i've seen a long time this is good yeah that one um
0: but this one i think it's it's for a different audience and i think for the audience that this was for i think it did a really good job yeah of portraying that story and i think that maybe some 13 year old girl out there watching this who has like those weight expectations maybe even younger but like those expectations on their shoulders maybe watch this and say hey i kind of feel like this too yeah and i want to say something so i feel like that's if that's like the point of the movie then i think it accomplished that
1: yeah really well i agree with that i definitely think it um for its demographic it might be a great movie for them Mm -hmm. and something they could refer back to going forward
0: yeah um so that was all the movies that we have for this week this was like a fun one i was hoping to try and find one with a a male lead protagonist but we did have one and we're saving it for another episode so you'll hear about that when i'll mention what it was when we get to that episode um and thank you for listening uh We'll be back in a couple of weeks. Please remember to rate, review, and subscribe wherever you can. Thanks.
1: All right. Bye.